Welcome to the Situation Report for Monday, September 18, 2023. Today, I need to dispel some of the deeper narratives that have been propagating across the net for the last couple of weeks. Well, longer than that, probably a year. The first one is this narrative that America needs to go through this in order for people to see the corruption, to see the fact that they, the our leadership's been compromised, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's more, that, that's more of the PSYOP, literally. It's more of the PSYOP. The message is the same. Delay, delay, delay. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Eventually, the White Hats will step in. Eventually, the military will step in. It's it's like all these narratives around China and that China wants its 100 years of rule. Communism wasn't done the right way. We need to do it the right way. There's a, there's a host of these narratives that are circling around in the background. They're not in the forefront of the day-to-day topics. It's like this conversation in the Q crowd. Nothing can stop what's coming. That's a delay message. All of these are delay messages, every single one of them. This concept that the military couldn't have stepped in in 2020 and corrected the fact that an enemy interdicted our elections and that criminal elements across our entire country banded together along with Congress to displace a duly elected president, There's that's complete nonsense. There's absolutely no reason why the military couldn't have stepped in. This, this, this notion about civil war is nonsense. And I'll, I'll tell you why it's nonsense. I've, I've given this a ton of thought. And you have the, whenever you do some of these psychological operations you you spend your time trying to get the, the the messaging so that you have first first layer of messaging which is the narrative that and the talking points that you want to push out like any marketing campaign right you go through you build your marketing campaign campaign for x widget let's just say it's it's the tesla what did tesla sell you on did tesla sell you on the fact that it was an electric car and that it was eco-friendly? No. Tesla sold you first on the Roadster. Look at how fast this thing is. Look at how cool this thing is. Look at how novel this thing is. And then when the Tesla Model S came out, the thing that they they, they pushed the most was the range. You get 320 miles out of a charge. You have all this performance. You have all these luxuries. And none of that turned out to be true. They didn't use the whole card of this is this is eco friendly that was that was one of the second and third order messages that was implicit and implied in the whole marketing campaign and the fact that they used they didn't use dealerships they didn't have car lots they have repair people come to your house all of that was designed for a one to one marketing strategy so that they could literally sell you on the fact that you're a Tesla customer. We're going to treat you like a Tesla customer. We're going to send the representative to you. You don't have to come to a dealership and deal with any of the, the dealership nonsense or any of the messaging. We come to you and fix your car. We're happy that you bought a Tesla. We want it to be the best experience of your life. 
And all that white glove service, along with the white glove messaging, along with the fact that they did things completely novel, was the reason why it was so successful. And the fact that the car was almost $100,000, massively more expensive than most people could afford at the time, it was one of those messages where we know we're not the cheapest in the market, but look at all these things you get. And people flocked to it especially in, in the blue states, flocked to it. It was only two and three years later that the battery issues, the fires, the crash, the auto driving, all those issues came up after the initial onslaught. And it was highly effective in a marketing campaign. Information campaigns are almost exactly identical to that. You create this, this narrative that you want the public to buy into. You message it over and over. And then you have these, these sub-tiers of messaging that you want to get the public to accept. And the way that they're doing these, these sub-messages is through education, telling kids. And if you talk to any, any kid in their 20s, I guarantee you this is what you're going to hear. First of all, when the Patriot Act was signed, most of the kids in school today weren't even born. So they have no idea how loose and how open our society was prior to 2001. They've grown up in the TSA world. They've grown up in the security state. They don't know anything different. And then when you add that Confucius University has moved into all of our education centers and they've placed Chinese, Chinese spies in every single education center, and the messaging has become, well, don't worry about if, this, if the state's monitoring your communications. You don't have anything to hide. Well, they're just scanning you to make sure you don't have any bonds. It's, it's not, a, it's not a, you know, a hit to your privacy if they scan you going through the airport. They're just making sure the airlines are, are, are clear. It doesn't matter if they log all your keystrokes on TikTok because you're not doing anything wrong. You see where the messaging's going? They're getting you slowly. And this is the communist doctrine that gets you slowly to accept not only a change in your lifestyle, but to accept lowering of your of your standards of living, lowering of your expectations for privacy, lowering your expectations for any kind of mobility. All of those all of those themes and messages are laced throughout every single message that you see right now. But it's those under tier messages that are the most dangerous because they're all. Hold and wait. Hold and wait. Don't worry about it. The White Hats got it. The White Hats are going to step in. Just get your popcorn out. Those are all sub-tier messages that are literally sitting below the surface. So you're not even paying attention to them. It's like this theme of nothing can stop what's coming. Yeah, that's the enemy telling you that their plan is going to be executed regardless of what you think. Regardless of what happens. They're going to execute their plan. That's not the White Hats saying they're going to come in. I don't even know who the White Hats are. And you notice how trust the plan is the same as trust the science? It's the same, it's the same game. Trust the plan. Whose plan? Who wrote the plan? Does anybody know who wrote the plan? Does anybody know what the plan is? Do you see how effective this is? You can make up your own interpretation on what the plan is, and you don't even care as long as you got the one thing that they're selling the most of, hope. People don't want to be uncomfortable. And they're playing on that. They're playing you. 
like a fiddle. This playbook is, is as old as time. Everything we're seeing right now has occurred before in our society, in our country, 1860s, 1870s, 1900s, early 1900s. All of this has played out before. What's different this time is the fact that our country has been under this information war for the last 25 years. And we've indoctrinated entire generations into accepting a lower standard of living, less privacy, less civil liberties, and they've dumbed down the population to where most people don't even know what the Constitution says. They don't even teach it in school. And now you have this this shift towards uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion, as well as this trans lifestyle. And all of it's nonsense. It's like it's like the race war. All of it's nonsense. It's diversion. It's it's designed to keep you paying attention to the myopic side of the world and not the big picture. And the other thing that's different between today and any other time in our history is that literally everybody in positions of power are communists or they're psychopaths or sociopaths. That's massively different than any other point in our history. We've always had some level of sociopaths in the political spectrum, but it's never been to this extent. You have to ask yourself how a guy like Bill Gates openly talks about killing millions of people through vaccines. And this guy's still walking the planet. Do you honestly think that we needed to wait two to three years after Trump left office to have this guy liquidated by special forces? No, this guy should have been, he should have been killed during the Trump administration. He should have been an example. If I was Trump, I would have issued the kill order at day one. Go, go kill this guy. This guy is a he's a menace to society. He's dangerous and he's tainting our food supply. Instead, what happened? He's been he's been allowed to infect the food, the food, not just the food chain, food processing, food, food packing, food preservation, as well as cattle. He's been he's in pharmaceuticals. He's been in education. Everything this guy touches. Everything. Everything he's touched since he left Microsoft and even before has has affected people not only in a negative way, but killed millions of people. Why is this guy still walking the earth? Do you honestly think that the American people needed to wait two to three years to see the corruption? I'll tell you how this should have gone down. First of all, I don't buy into the argument that Trump shouldn't have signed the Insurrection Act. He absolutely should have signed the Insurrection Act because violence was going to happen anyway. Secondly, he was at at a stage where he had people around him that understood the situation at hand, understood that most of our government was compromised by Chinese spies understood that Epstein had compromised most of the elite across most of the country. 
It was the one point where the military was still strong enough, and all he had to do was replace key leaders like Milley and keep Chris Miller in charge and execute, bringing the 82nd Airborne into D.C., and wholesale started arresting people. All he had to do was go in and send the public affairs into all of the news agencies and shut them down and then tell people the truth. See, this is the this is the the same argument that was made in the 1950s after Roswell. If if I understand the story right, it was a bunch of academics that said to Eisenhower, you can't tell the truth about the alien situation or UFOs or whatever, because the country will not be able to accept it. People will lose their minds. And that probably was partially true. But you know. You know what happened last week? When Mexico released these quote-unquote alien bodies, then I remember talking about it on the, the sit-rep on the 13th. If this is true, this is earth-changing. And you know what most Americans did? Eh, we don't care. Do you know what the rest of the world said? Eh, we don't care. We're past the point where people are shocked. We're now at the point where people want justice. We're at the point where people want to understand why pharmaceutical companies have been allowed to consume all of the supplement companies, as well as conduct crimes against humanity on 6 billion people without any kind of recourse from any government. That's what people want to know. They don't care about aliens. They don't care about the day-to-day fraud. They want it to stop. So this conversation that we have to go through all these different... No. That expired on November 8th of 2022. When they stole the second election, that's when the guns should have come out. But the American people have basically been indoctrinated to stay home until they're completely uncomfortable. And I'm afraid that it may be too late. I have faith that there's a lot of people that are still prepared and ready to fight for the country. But it's like everything else with the Trump camp. Where's the organization? Where is he calling for any kind of organization? Where in the last three years has this guy called for any kind of a structured response to anything that we've seen come out of the the elites camp? And people are saying this guy's a messiah? I don't think so. If If you look at what FDR did, After the attack on Pearl Harbor, he mobilized the entire country. He set up rules that if you war profit, you go to prison. And they put people in prison. They executed people. And he mobilized the entire nation. Where's that leader today? Where's that leadership today? I I don't want to listen to Trump's ego anymore. I'm sick of his ego. You got wronged. We got it. What are you going to do for the country? What do you want the country to do? You got all these smart people around you. Why aren't you messaging what we need to do to take back our country? Other, the only thing we're hearing is this. What well, we're going to do it. We'll get our next time in 2024. That's what we're hearing. It's nonsense. It's more of the same deep messaging that you've been hearing for two years. Don't worry, the White Hat's got it. You remember all that nonsense? 
after the, the, the January 21st, the January inauguration, don't worry, Trump's coming back in March. Nope, Trump's coming back in April. April, make your make make your reservations in DC in April because the, the the real inauguration is in April, and then it was Trump's coming back in August, and then it was the cyber symposium and the audit. Are you starting to see a pattern of events that don't lead anywhere? And now there's a conversation around the court cases related to the election. The same judges that have been appointed by Obama are the ones that have killed all of these court cases that could have restored order in any of the swing states. And has any of that happened? Has anyone in the Congress, in anyone in, in legislatures, in any of the swing states, have they done anything to repair the damage that was done prior to 2022? No. The only thing we've seen is multiple illegitimate regimes installed in all of these swing states. And what has Trump said? What has Trump done to galvanize and organize the entire country? Nothing. Nothing. You're being played. This is just a, it's just a big show. And I watch Flynn running around. I watch all these other influencers running around. And at least Flynn's saying local action drives national changes. He's right about that. But have you tried to organize at the local level? It's incredibly difficult, which is why I've, I've refocused everybody to let's work on sphere of influence. Let's build a small circle of trusted people and then work our way out. Because you can't, you can't go to any of the political establishments in any of the states, even, even in red states. Arizona is a perfect example. The whole precinct committee piece of this is supposed to literally go out and motivate voters to come out and turn out on election day. They can't even agree amongst themselves. Then you have the Republican base that, and the Republican establishment that completely hates their base. So there's not going to be any organization there. And the whole Democrat, Republican side of the House, it's a, it's a facade. It's the uniparty. These people are all compromised by China. And so you think that you're going to have any kind of recourse there? There's no organization there. And then on top of that, you have business owners. You have some that have taken the money, especially the big box stores. They've taken the money. So they're literally playing along with everything that comes out of the elite and the globalists. The only way we take back our country, the only way that we can start to move things in the right and move the needle in the right direction is to organize at the local level and create our own sphere of influence in our own economy and our own community with our own collaboration. Otherwise, we're never taking back our country. And if you look back at the start of World War II, most people came out of small communities. The country moved, was, was largely agrarian and largely agricultural. So we didn't have the same problems we have today with these mega cities and these mega problems. The 15-minute city idea is, was a facade in the first place. There's no way you're ever going to make that happen. Too much infrastructure, too much logistics, too much technology. And look at what's going on in London right now. 
London's been trying to build a 15-minute city for the last two years, and they can't put can they can't replace the cameras fast enough because the moment they put them up, ten people show up and tear them down. Eventually, it's so costly for the state to to try and implement that technology that they just stop. And the point is, we need to be ungovernable. We need to pivot and move as a community just like that. We need to make it so expensive for the federal government to do anything that they can only hold small swaths of cities with the maximum amount of forces and the maximum amount of technology. That's the only way out of this. We need to make it so expensive for them to operate these 15-minute cities that they can't recycle enough cameras, they can't recycle enough locks, they can't recycle enough fencing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the way we do that is we build a strong community and we don't let them come in. And then we dismantle all of these board of supervisors and all of these school boards and all of these, these different community action groups that are destroying our society. Because the agenda that we're playing against is deconstruction of the nuclear family, deconstruction of our country, deconstruction of our civil rights. They want to take us back to feudalism. The only way that we fight against that is a unified community. And then we build out from there. There are like-minded people just like you all over the United States. I know I talk to them every single day. I was literally on the phone today from 7 a.m., until 10 minutes ago, and it's almost 10 o'clock. Talking to a variety of people about a variety of things. And I can tell you, you're not alone. I can also tell you that most Americans are fed up with this, even liberals. My my youngest was here, and for those of you who are, are just new to, to listening to me, my youngest has gotten the vax, has been boosted, and got the Omicron shot. So you can imagine my concern and my dismay. But this trip, I was literally told, I'm not taking another. I'm not doing any more. This didn't help me. It made me it made my it's made my health worse. It's made me feel worse. I'm not taking any more. And if you're watching what's going on with the vaccines, you're seeing people up to two years after they got the shot having heart issues, brain issues, a variety of different issues. And yesterday I posted a video of Dr. Uh, Robert, uh, no, it was Dr. McCullough that was speaking in front of the EU. You want to know the definition of a hero? That's the guy. That's the guy who's put himself out front and he has, he has been beating the drum about the adverse side effects for two years, and it's finally starting to get traction. So there is hope. But it brings me to the Black Swan event, which has been circling around for the past three months. I've been talking about this since probably February of this year. Here's how I see things developing. First of all, there is going to be a Black Swan event. It's going to be perpetrated by our own government. It's going to be something that probably none of us expect. And most of us can assume and expect a lot right now. But that said, you don't know what to expect. 
And this black swan will be three times of what 9-11 was and Pearl Harbor. And I, I would have rather imagine they already know that COVID is dead. So they're going to have to ramp up the fear, the narrative, that the war in Ukraine is not going the way they want. And Tom Luongo said something that was very interesting. And uh, he just did a podcast not even three, four days ago. No, it was, a, it was actually an interview with Alex Craner. And I can't remember where I saw it. Watched like three or four of his interviews this week. What's interesting about his statement was he made the statement that Yellen, Janet Yellen went to China and it was embarrassing. And Janet Yellen went to China to get China to buy U.S. bonds and U.S. treasuries. And immediately after her trip, we literally pulled back in Ukraine and so did most of Europe. And his premise is, is that she said, fine, I'll buy securities, but you need to back off Ukraine. And that's exactly what we did. They're all going to China for their marching orders. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. This is why I'm talking about this. Communists are very good at infiltration. They're very good at stealing secrets. They're very good at the spy game, but they suck at complex operations. They suck at it. If you look at any, any of the Soviet Union's complex operations that took place anywhere from 1941 all the way through 1990 when the wall came down, I can tell you that you will see abject failure in every single one of those. And this will be abject failure because when the U.S. became the dominant power in the world, the entire European elite wanted U.S. to be the beat cop for the world. And for the better part of 70 years, the U.S. has been the beat cop for the world. Now they want to transition into this, this mindset that if they install communist governments and dictators throughout the world, you know, middle management, then they'll be able to rule the planet and keep everybody under their thumb. The part that they've left out, the part that they don't understand and see clearly, is that a communist system in and of itself is a rotten system that will eventually erode over time to the point where it just grinds to a halt. And there's there's this conversation that the, the you know Morgan Stanley and other banks propped up the Soviet Union to keep the Soviet Union alive. That may be true, but a communist system left to its own devices will implode all by itself because of the paranoia, because of the corruption, because of the lies, and because of the fact there's not a moral compass. You're watching that play out right now in in China as Xi's Xi's doing yet another purge. He just arrested the director of the MOD not even three days ago and 200 officers from his space force. This is exactly what Stalin did in the 1920s and 1930s. He purged his military. And then when the Germans attacked in 1940, he, was, he had decimated his officer ranks and his entire force did a basically a forced retreat for almost a year until they held ground at Stalingrad. And it was only the Russian winner and logistics from the U.S. that allowed them to do that. He sacrificed millions of lives 
to keep the land that he had. And ultimately, he was successful, not because of his his talents and their their talents on the battlefield. He was successful because of logistics and numbers. He overwhelmed the Germans. But that system in and of itself lends itself to failure. So we may see some installation of a digital currency. We may see some installation of some kind of a UN-controlled government, but it's not going to last long. Your mission now is to resist, to organize at the community level, to resist mandates, to resist vaccines, to resist any kind of chemical-laced food, to grow your own food. That's our mission now. You have to be ungovernable. Literally, we have to be ungovernable. We have to make it so expensive for the federal government that we drive them to collapse. That's the only way we're going to get out of this. And eventually, this will go kinetic. And when it does, you're going to know exactly when you need to pick up your rifle. But right now, the way we fight the information war is, number one, you disconnect from social media. Number two, you disconnect from the mainstream and any kind of television. Number three, and most importantly, discern everything you see. Start with the premise that it's complete nonsense and then work your way back towards what the truth really is. You know, the people missed the conversation that I had regarding the whole alien disclosure piece. Everybody is so, and this again, this, this shows the effect and how effective these, these second and third order narratives have been on people's psyche. Because people get myopic in their view. It's like a cancer patient. When a cancer patient is dealing with treatment and they're dealing with you have stage three or stage four, you're terminal, their life becomes extremely myopic. My brother's life before he died was so myopic. It was, it was almost, it was so hard to watch. It was a struggle for him to go to the bathroom, a struggle for him to eat. And the last two weeks of his life, he couldn't move. He was paralyzed from the neck down from a tumor in his neck. And he had bone cancer, which is massively painful. His whole life became about his care. That's exactly the way they're boxing us in right now. They're literally taking charge of the food supply. They're taking charge of the supplement market. They're pulling things off of the cold and flu remedies off the shelves. They're forcing you into a channel. The, what we call that in the military is we, we're channelizing the enemy into a kill zone. That's what they're doing right now. That's why they're going after mRNA vaccines for, for cattle. They're trying to vaccinate you any, any way, shape, or form they can. They're trying to drive you towards these gene-altering therapies. You have to be ungovernable and come up with your own alternatives in order for us to survive this. This now more than any time in our history, does the term pure blood actually mean something? If you're not vaccinated and you haven't been around people that have been vaccinated to where you can be infected with the spike, the spike protein or the lipid nanoparticle, you actually have a shot to maintain the human race. That's our mission now. Our mission is not just to liberate the country and liberate the planet. It's to preserve the human race. There's no cure for these gene therapies. 
There's no way to reverse the effects of it. All you can do is mitigate it. And it's literally sterilizing women. So you have one mission now. Build your sphere of influence. Increase your line of sight. Build lines of communication. Start to grow your own food. And be be, be ready for whatever Black Swan event comes. I guarantee it's going to be a surprise. Our strength is in our numbers. Our strength is in our unity. You have to lean towards unity, even when you don't want to. And you're going to have to lean on each other when things get tough. It takes trust, takes commitment. And you'd be surprised who comes out of the woodwork to support you when things are tough. It won't be the people you expect. It's going to be the people you don't expect. It's been my experience. The people I thought that had my back didn't have my back. The people I had no idea were paying attention had my back. And trust me when I say this, your true friends will show up. We have one mission now, folks. That's to resist, resist, resist. There's no other mission. You got to disconnect from the technology. You have to disconnect. And here's the litany test, folks. Go take a look at your phone. How many times a day do you look at your phone while you're working, while you're walking, while you're at the store? I I can tell you because I have a Telegram channel. I have I'm on Gab. I'm on I'm on True Social. I'm on I'm on Getter. I can tell you that it's a massive time suck, and that I'm always looking at my phone. My phone's always buzzing with something. The litany test is going to be, can you step back from that long enough to not look at your phone for 30 minutes, then an hour, then two hours, then three hours, then five hours, and then only look at your phone when the phone rings, and then only make human connections with people? Can you do that? Because that's the litany test. They've built this addiction to technology for a reason, to suck you into all these different platforms to build personas to waste your time on things that don't have any bearing on the rest of your life and the the one thing that we can do to disrupt that is to break that pattern if you break the pattern of just looking at your phone and then break the pattern of social media and then break the pattern of posting i guarantee you you won't be as agitated you won't be as anxious you won't be as stressed out you won't even care about what's going on in social media or in the news. And then a funny thing's going to happen. Probably about two weeks after you've done all this and you've, you've stopped caring about your phone, you're going to start watching a movie or you're going to watch a miniseries. And I guarantee you what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing all the themes and messages show up in every scene. I used the example of The Rookie a few months ago. And the rookie was is like the who's who of liberal narratives condensed into one Hollywood show that's so disgusting I couldn't even watch it. Now, and I'm a Nathan Fillion fan. I loved him in um, Serenity and Firefly because I'm a sci-fi guy. And one of the interesting sides of that entire series is that they talk about defunding the police. They talk about alternative forms of policing. They talk about the homeless problems. They talk about 
the city financing. It's all nonsense. All of it's nonsense. Every single scene, reproductive rights, women's rights, diversity, equity, inclusion. Every one of those narratives was in every single scene. It was disgusting. And it was annoying after about not even 20 minutes of it. Couldn't even get through one episode like without saying, this is retarded. That's every show on TV. Ask yourself a question. What would your life be like without it? It's like that person in your life that is monumentally annoying. What would you do if you didn't have that person in your life? How would your life be different? Ask those questions because I guarantee you when you do, you're not going to care about any of these narratives anymore. You're not going to be as agitated. I know when I completely disconnected before I started doing this, my life was so different. And now I'm inundated with this stuff. It burns you out. Constantly being beat down by these narratives, it burns you out. And they want you to feel like you're alone, you're isolated, you're outnumbered, they're winning, and there's nothing you can do. That's the farthest thing for the truth. The best thing you can do right now is make human connections in your own community and build a sphere of influence and start building for something better and start projecting what you want the world to look like when all of this is over. Because we're literally going to experience the deconstruction and rebuilding of our entire country over the next 10 years. And some of us, like me, I probably won't be alive for it. And if I am, I can tell you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be out front rebuilding society. I swore an oath to do that for this country, and I'm going to follow that through. And the last thing is you have to... You have to draw a line in the sand. And that line in the sand is, what is the one thing that they take from me that's going to make me pick up arms? You need to have a line in the sand. I guarantee you that every one of you do, but now's the time to actually burn it into your soul because that day is coming shortly. And Luongo said something, because he's a financial guy, that Alex Craner agreed with, and I've been talking to Alex Craner as well as Daniel Estulin for the last couple of days, and I can tell you that they all say the same thing. We're weeks away from some kind of a financial disruption. So have some cash on hand, have some gold and silver on hand, have food on hand, have water on hand, start growing your own food, buy seeds if you need to, start building relationships in your community with people that have land and know how to grow things, Start forging those now. Don't wait. And if you have questions, we have multiple channels set up. Like Trooper's got a, a Trooper channel just for his videos about water, just for his videos about emergency preparedness. We've got OSINT, which is run by Centurion, which is open source intelligence. My channel is focused on the bigger picture. And then we have a host of other channels. We even have a sub stack to help you out. Don't be bashful. Hit me on True Social. Hit me on Getter. Hit me on Gab. I'm, I, I want I want to give you as much information as I possibly can before things go sideways. But the last thing is these videos and everything else, back these things up to your hard drive. Print out some of these things on paper. 
because you never know if there's a cyber attack or if there's some kind of a power disruption. You're not going to have access to your computer. So print this stuff out. Have paper. Go back old school. Have pen and paper on hand. But here's the one thing that if you hear me say, of all the things I've said, hear this. Don't give up hope. Don't give up faith. You might Things might seem like they suck right now, but do not give up the faith. I have faith in the American people. I have faith. I have faith in the leaders in this country that are not speaking right now, that are behind the scenes. I have faith in military, former military, that are just silently waiting. Trust me, they're going to show up. I'm just, you know, me and a few others have just gotten to the point where we're fed up and we're, we're raising our voices. You should raise your voice too. Take back your communities. Take back your churches. Take back your schools. Take back your food. And don't ever surrender. Don't live in fear. We're all going to die, so don't live in fear. Do what you can to help other people. Selfless service. Community. That's our way out of this, folks. And there is no other way out. There's no place to go. There's no place to run to. We have to do this on our own, and we have to save ourselves. I know you've heard me say it a hundred times, but it bears repeating every single time. And I'm going to take you back old school today. Since I haven't done one of these recorded sit reps in a few weeks, I'm going to take you back way back. I'm going to play some Bo Diddley. I'm a man. This is one of his his favorite, uh, was one of my favorite songs from his catalog. And it's been redone just like, who do, you, um, who do you love? You don't love me. There's a whole host of his catalog that's been redone over and over. I mean, it, it's amazing how many mainstream artists have redone Bo Diddley's song. Like George Thorogood, who do you love? He He's done that. He did that song after Bo Diddley did it. So this is old school Bo Diddley. This is... Uh, I'm just taking you back because this is the way. This is <laughs> this is the way. It's the way things should be. And this some of the older music, people, people, side note, people constantly say to me, you have such a diverse music, um, music preferences. I was exposed to all of this as a kid. My parents lived to they listened to everything from Benny Goodman to Elvis Presley, to Hank Williams, to Bo Diddley. My my dad was a blues guy. He was a country guy. My mom was into to Elvis and to big bands. Their friends were into all kinds of music. My brothers and sisters were into Creedence, you know, into Creedence, into Foghat, into Peter Frampton, into the Cars. And then I grew up in the 80s. So my my musical tastes are very diverse. And I like to mix it up anyway. And it's good to, to go back as far as you can because there's a lot of good music from all the way from the 1900s all the way through today that people don't even listen to. And if you get away from the top 10, you know, you'd be surprised how much good music is out there. So without further ado, here's some Bo Diddley, I'm a man. God bless, folks. One team, one fight. No fear, no surrender.
When I was a little boy At the age of five I had some in my pocket Keep a lot of folks alive Now I'm a man May 21 You know, baby We can have a lot of fun I'm a man I spell M Spell him. <laughs> 